everyone, and welcome to episode 472 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Red Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. Uh, spent the weekend browsing basic land art. I was very hyped. <laughs> very hyped. <laughs> what, what's your favorite? Did you find anything good that you uh, you hadn't seen before? I've gone full hipster. So I, I started appreciating like normal set, non-full art basics. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of beautiful forests. And I was looking up like foil prices and I was like, which ones are old border or not? So I, ever since Seth pulled out the gold border hipster lands, I'm like, oh, this is he's onto something here. Everyone has full arts nowadays. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go full hipster. Uh, anyway, we got another co-host and Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Yo, uh, pretty good. It's pouring rain. But regardless, this past weekend, I was able to make my way over to Frankenstein's. And I was able to pick up the anime art cyclonic rift and Ristic Ooh. study, thus completing my anime art collection. Are they like the special foil seven hundred dollar <laughs> ones, or just the no god the no. normal ones? Uh, god no, <laughs> god no, just the hundred dollar ones, please. No, just the $100 non dollar one. non foil, <laughs> that non would be foil. silly. <laughs> yeah, don't be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> anyway, today we got some interesting topics. So, uh, Watsy did a big stream the, this past week about aftermath. There's some Hasbro financial news, some news about upcoming sets that we want to get to beyond boosters. So, we're going to talk about that. There's some lying in CDH stuff we wanted to get into and uh, see what people thought about that. And then we got some spoiler action, a special secret layer drop. And also, we're starting Fallout spoilers. So, that's the plan for today. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit's the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So if you ever get tired of the hassles of buy listing, you can skip them with Card Conduit. You can use their curated service and send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to do a bit of work, you can use the sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. Either way, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic card. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. Oh yeah, before we get into the topics, Krim, uh, you're going to be at MagicCon Chicago this weekend, right? Uh, I believe we both will be. Yes, yeah. and I will be there too. So if you're if you're going to Chicago, uh, we'll be hanging around, playing games. We'll be uh, at the Ultimate Guard booth for a bit. So swing by, say hello, maybe get in a game. So I would love to meet everyone uh, if you're if you're going to be in Chicago this weekend. But anyway, let's get into our topics and let's start with what I think is the biggest news. So uh, last week. Hasbro had to report their uh, full year of 2023, <clears throat> excuse me, earnings or revenue, and it was bad. Like, it was real bad. Overall, their revenue declined 15%. Technically, Watsy was up a little bit, but their other segments, like consumer products, down 19%, entertainment, down 31%. They're losing millions of dollars. So, basically, Hasbro had a really bad year, although Magic itself did fine, although not like gangbusters. So, on the same day that they had this bad news about Hasbro finances, there was an article quoting uh, Hasbro CEO Chris Cox talking about universal 
versus Beyond. And basically, the TLDR of this is Lord of the Rings was the best sell set of all time. It has already been the biggest selling set. They love that set because it made them a ton of money, like more than double what a typical magic set would make. They made off the Lord of the Rings. So they're thinking, well, if that made so much money, we need to double down on Universes Beyond. So they announced that starting next year, two Lord of the Rings style tentpole Universes Beyond sets each year, which means a little bit less magic theme stuff. We haven't really gotten the full breakdown of this. My assumption at this point is we get like the four standard sets of magic and then rather than battle bond or commander legends or sets like that that's going to be replaced with another universes beyond set we know we have final fantasy and then marvel coming up and then who knows what in the future what do you make of this richard like uh, such a big announcement what, what do you make of all this hasbro's finances and also doubling down on universes beyond show me the money <laughs> All right, so we knew about Hasbro finances, okay? Because, like, remember, we had, like, the big layoffs and, like, profits are yeah. down. This is not a big shocker, plus economies in the tanks. So this was all coming. The exact details were kind of laid out, but not really big news. The big news, I guess not really big news either, was that Lord of the Rings was a huge success and we're getting more of it. I think anyone could have seen this coming, right? With Lord of the Rings being so popular, making them more money uh despite having like the increased licensing fees and all of that stuff it's like a huge is a huge huge thing and it's just like easy money right you just got to cut a deal with whatever you believe the hottest ip is and then like the set makes itself unlike you know having to come up with a new plane coming with new characters figure out how to ninja like jace and chandra into there or whatever and then have some legendaries be relevant so you can sell them for commander like that's difficult right you just take someone's ip and be like look we know from the data that Spider-Man is the number one <laughs> character of all time, right? <laughs> Therefore, he gets the chase card, right? Like, it, it's super simple. So, it's it's happening. The question is, will they be Lord of the Rings quality releases, right? Because That's my big question, too. You could have declared Doctor Who to be on the same level of Warhammer or something, right? Like, theoretically, it's the same style release, but it was mm -hmm. not received in the same way. How many of these IPs can stack up to Lord of the Rings and how well can Wizards execute on it? Because, you know, the minute they do it poorly, everyone wants their head, right? So I yep. will see. Like, I think I think Final Fantasy will do well. I think Marvel will probably do well. But then what? Like, how many more IPs do you have before you, you run dry? So that that's the question. And see how greedy they get. Like, how much effort... Uh, because, like, you can tell there were fans of Lord of the Rings on the set. Uh, are there fans of, you know, whatever we're doing? Final Fantasy? Yeah. Marvel? Like, yes. what if what if all of Wizards is devoid? <laughs> like, the Wizards design team itself does not have, like, true fans of those franchises to, to you know, kind of drive it home, right? So we're going to find that out really soon. And it'll be funny if there's a job listing. Like, all you need to do is be like a hardcore Marvel nerd. That's your only. <laughs> that, that's the only thing you need to qualify. We need someone with in-depth knowledge of Marvel lore. Oh, <laughs> design the upcoming set. That's it. That's the job description. My time has come. Yeah, Krim's time has come. What do you think, Krim? Like, so we know that the the big ones coming up, Final Fantasy, and then multiple Marvel sets. Are they on the level of Lord of the Rings? That seems like Hasbro actually just straight up said that. We think it'll have a similar uplift as it did for Lord of the Rings, and that's underlying a lot of our bullishness on the growth of magic. They are counting on Final Fantasy and Marvel to be Lord of the Rings level bangers. Is that realistic? Are they on the, the same level, you think, as far as universes beyond sets? I don't think Final Fantasy is. 
I, 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 I enjoy Final Fantasy. I think it's great. I know, Richard, you're dying on the inside, but let's be it's real true, here, though. right? It's true. Right? Like, like, I don't think, and like, I don't even like Lord of the Rings. And I think that Final Fantasy is just not going to beat it. Marvel might be. I could see Marvel, but I don't know about Final Fantasy. But much like Richard had mentioned, even if they, let's just assume the best case scenario, these two are. I am curious to see what other titles they'll be putting out there because eventually they're getting to their D-listers, right? And once they get to the D-listers, is that where are their normal magic set comes in? Because then, like, l- l- assuming, like, D-list IP, I I, I don't, I don't want to sound a little down on the IP here of, of Magic's own IP, but, like... I, I actually think that D-lister IPs, let's just go with randomly, they just decided they'd make, I don't know, Big Bang Theory, Secret, like, like you know, like, like Universes Beyond. I think that's about Yo, is it that the greatest with, sitcom of all time? I don't, I don't know oh. about that, but, like, oh. I think that's probably Wait, so how like, far Let's get washed like, 80s sitcom. <laughs> Who's the boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Three, oh. th- what is it? Three's Company, like, you know, the Universes <laughs> Beyond, right? Like, there it is. Like, I, I, I am... Uh, for me, I don't think that they can maintain it. Um, I do think that they like if the goal is that every one of these sets is to hit Lord of the Rings success, I don't think that's possible. I think they they obviously know that, but I think on average, more often than not, it will be probably somewhere significantly less than Lord of the Rings. They may be great sets. I may like I may love some of the titles along the way. Like I love Evil Dead. I doubt that if they made an entire Evil Dead set, it would do as well as Lord of the Rings. So I, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping I guess they're managing their expectations. I love Universes Beyond. I love Secret Layer. I've been unapologetic about it. So like the the main thing is if they're going from it from a point of view of making it so that they, they think these will be uh, the same level of success, I don't think that's gonna be possible. Yeah. I think Final Fantasy is the tough one for me. I think I'm with Krim on that. Like, Final Fantasy is great or whatever. But if I think about, like, what if I asked my grandmother about a IP? Would she know what it was? Final Fantasy, I'm not sure she would. And Lord of the Rings, sure. Marvel, yes. Like, those are things that literally everyone knows. Final Fantasy is popular, but I don't know if it's part of the cultural zeitgeist the same way that, uh, like, a Lord of the Rings is or a Marvel is. So it'll be interesting to see how well Final Fantasy does. I still think it'll be really good, but it might not quite be Lord of the Rings good. I I think the other thing is Lord of the Rings had the one ring and that was a huge part of the hype for the set. Like as magic players, we love the set for other reasons, but it was that one of one, one ring, the $2 million card that was bringing in these like Pokemon box openers, people like random people were cracking thousands of dollars of product to chase after the one ring. Is that replicatable? Like are we going to have a one of one something to keep that hype going? Cause I feel like if they don't do that, these sets will probably do worse by default just because they're missing a piece of the puzzle that made Lord of the Rings so popular. I mean, I, I got you. Guys Mar- Marvel is easy. Marvel, you just make Infinity Stone cards and those are like one out of one. And then together you get the special serialized gauntlet and then boom, there it is. You've made not only did you make a one on one ring, you made seven of them, <laughs> and, but they're all different. They're not the same card. But oh, you thinking you thinking too hard, Krim. You just do like first edition Spider-Man. <laughs> yo, just yo, like, stop ooh. using spider-man spider-man is the most overrated garbage hero like, like, like all right dr strange thank you richard the, you know the, the time lord from the marvel universe right you, yeah 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 you know what? yeah yeah i'll accept yeah, that, it that doctor, i'll accept right? it whatever <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, look, I, I pulled up Wikipedia of the highest grossing media franchises. First of all, the world has a lot of money, guys. There's a lot of money <laughs> in a lot of these franchises. So here, here is a sneak preview of possible universes beyonds coming. Pokemon, 90 billion <laughs> in revenue, by the way. Mickey Mouse and Friends, Winnie the Pooh, oh, God. Star oh. Wars, Disney That's Princess, actually possible. And Pan Man, Harry Potter, Barbie. Now MCU. This is where MCU is. So we are we are down here. Uh, Call of Duty, right after MCU, shockingly. Uh, Batman, Hello Kitty, Spider-Man. Oh, MCU split out from Spider-Man. Okay, so Spider-Man himself is uh, pulling it up. Transformers, Dungeon Fighter Online. What? Cars, Candy Crush, Ninja Turtles, Looney Tunes, Dora the Explorer, Pac-Man, The Lion King, Toy Story, James Bond, Peanuts, Paw Patrol, Avengers, Frozen, Space Invaders, SpongeBob, Warcraft, Despicable Whoa! Me, Star Trek, Street Fighter. There Relax, <laughs> Monster Strike. So we can go on and on and on and on. The question is how many align with kind of old boomer nerds? <laughs> like, I don't think Hello Kitty Universes Beyond right. is going to do You well, can't do Paw but... Patrol Universes Beyond. Like, no, Magic Players just would not accept. <laughs> what what, what <laughs> I don't brings that. in a whole new demographic set? The, look at the excitement. I don't think Real Akuma is, is trying to appeal to yes. the boomers. <laughs> right? Like, Real Akuma is not appealing to the boomers. It may appeal to you, Richard, because I know you got giant Real Akumas, but, but like. Yo, realistically, they want my son to play Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol coming in hot. <laughs> they said it for the future. Bluey? Pa- like, Bluey? like, yo, son, you want to play Magic? Like, no. What is this Garrick? Like, Paw Patrol. Like, but okay. Got him. <laughs> what is this card game with weird old rules? I'll play with you. <laughs> Interestingly, the top two on that list already have competing card games, which might make it tricky. Pokemon and then Disney, right? Like, is it even possible that there could be a universes beyond Pokemon or Disney with, with Lorcana and Pokemon existing? I don't imagine Pokemon. I don't imagine Pokemon. I think they are very, very strict with their IP and who like like I've I've heard some of the stories of like how a simple Pikachu or Pokemon has to be portrayed and like what kind of light it's in. And it's very, 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 very like strict. However, Disney, yeah, I can see them doing it. Like like at this point now, Marvel is I, I've unfortunately had to accept recently I've become a, a, a what is essentially a, a Disney adult by proxy because Marvel. So, <laughs> like, trust me, it was a tough pill for me to swallow, but I, I got over it. <laughs> However, I do think because of Marvel going into to magic, why couldn't they? Why wouldn't they share their IP? It's a different game. Lorcana, kind of a bust of a game. But like, like I will I will say that regardless, they have their own. And why not? tap into more of a card game market yeah i mean we see it with video games uh you see every Fortnite crossover the 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 characters have their own video game right but people (laughs) are like you know you can play your game you can play our game it's free money like here mickey mouse for everyone Mm -hmm. i could totally see mickey mouse being in a magic set and you know i you ask like what people clamor over like i don't know lorcana players are clamoring over like first edition steamboat willy whatever sparkled whatever majig like whatever you can make something special <laughs> all the time and for characters especially you can make a one of one for a character you have the one of one mickey mouse you're unbeatable <laughs> yeah the the, the glass slipper <laughs> uh, one ooh that would be a good one all right one more one more question about this before we hit up some other topics what are the odds that this means Universes Beyond comes to standard. I feel like the, the, it's trending that direction, right? We're getting two sets a year now rather than just one. 
isn't it so obvious to throw it into standard or do you think that they will avoid that just because they want to be able to print busted stuff and it would be too busted for standard and they want to be able to print one rings and bow masters and like that level of cards and they're just afraid of destroying standard what do you think grim are we going to get ub in standard because of this i think we will get the cards available in a standard selling booster pack much like we did brothers war right transformers yada 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 will the cards themselves be legal to play no because i think they want these cards to probably be kind of uh, like uh, multi-format kind of a non-rotating. They don't want it so that somebody who comes in and really wants to buy, I don't know, the next bluey secret layer or, or universes beyond uh, to then get a deck in the standard and have to deal with what is a rotation. Unless maybe that's what the three, three year rotations for. So they have a longer time window to play with their bluey universes beyond deck or, 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 you know, their SpongeBob's. So I, I personally don't think they will be legal. They will be sold or you can acquire them like how the Transformers cards were through a standard pack. How, however, also, I do wonder, though, there's one thing that we have failed to mention that's on the, these list of franchises and they do sell and they do make money. And the one thing I've learned is, yo, weebs, they move fast. They move efficient. And they buy in droves. You ever, it, stores are afraid to admit they have One Piece cards because they're afraid people are move, <laughs> running over, A, robbing them, and or just straight up buying them out for years in advance. Like, I, I, have, a, I, I have a friend who tried to pre-order the next One Piece set. That's sold out, which it's not out yet. It's sold out by the time the, the, the current set came out. So you wow. cannot pre-order it. So I am wondering... Yes, it is partially in part because Bandai is the worst at printing quality, but on top or like printing and matching demand. But on top of that, I mean, anime, right? Like anime is now mainstream. And again, if you want to take your D-list IP and make it relatively better, like Cyberpunk did and all that, you make it an anime, by the way. I'll, I'll just restate it for the thousandth time. <laughs> uh, but on top of that, I will throw in that I think anime cards, if you want to do Universes Beyond, you give everybody Universes Beyond I, I don't know, Mashal or, or even anything current, right? You can do anything like that. Jujutsu Kaisen, you know, all of the Dragon Balls, he good lord. Even One Piece. And I know those will sell. And have fun trying to get acquire those cards. It will be impossible. At least not for a price under, like, I don't know, you probably more likely find the real One Piece than to be able to find the cards. Wait, do you think that's, is that, is that true, Richard? Do you think that just like throwing any random anime into a universe is beyond is just guaranteed banger? Like, or like, well, 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 a one good piece anime, fans like, shambles. But uh, don't yes. random, okay, don't say random. All, one Piece fans will find you and you will get <laughs> We, we, so are we know pirates. it's a success. We know it's success because uh, they just throw random anime on stuff and people are like eating up smothering tithe, right? Yeah, right. But people God, see, Zoom, people see <laughs> One Piece TCG popping off. And they're like, well, how do we make a card game like that? And the answer should be wizards at your door already being like, look, we have the best card game system in the world, right? Sell us your IP and we'll give you a one piece, but better. Uh, so, yes, I believe that's super easy. Now, you just got to think of a franchise that Bandai has a ninja already, right? So, like, Dragon Ball gone. Uh, but, like, think of any, like, like, oh, Evangelion Secret Lair, done. 
done. I'm taking a second mortgage. I'm going to get all the fancy foils, right? But like there there are certain like iconic IPs, right? The the reason One Piece succeeds is not because it's just a random anime, right? It's literally one of the top anime franchises which we'd have it's to figure out where it goes on this list. Parade. They've got a float yeah. at the Macy's Day Parade set. That's not a random anime. That's, so like Pokemon, yeah. Dragon Ball, That's a all of those parade. things. You, you choose one who's willing to sell their IP for a good deal. And then Wizards <laughs> gets at it. Um, as far as standard, it'll, it'll definitely happen. But I don't think Wizards cares. Like Wizards yeah. is not thinking like how to sell standard better, right? They're thinking how to get more money out of Commander players. But I don't think they're going to have this in-universe versus out-of-universe split. It's all Magic the Gathering to them. That's how they should be thinking, at least. So whatever they feel is appropriate, and chances are they want higher power level, which means it can't go into standard. So standard might be saved for that. The one thing working against uh, kind of standard universes beyond haters is that that's the only digital platform, right? So if they want a digital presence, it needs to go through Arena, and standard is the way. I guess you could just dump timeless. it to historic or timeless. Timeless historic, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're doing that with Modern Horizons 3, so I bet we see more of that, where they start adding some of these sets to Arena specifically for Historic and Timeless. Like, Although I still think Standard is a something that probably happens eventually. I don't know if it'll happen like next year or whatever, but I do think that's not unrealistic that these sets end up in Standard. I actually thought of one more question before we move on. That we really got to move on. So a couple months ago, we talked about uh, could Magic IP end? Like, Could we ever have only universes beyond... Is this a step in that direction? The announcement that we're cutting one magic theme set a year for another universe is beyond like two years, three years, four years from now. Are we going to have, well, let's cut one more magic set for another universe is beyond. I, don't, I see it as a possible step in that direction. I know Watsy will deny it, but things change, right? Watsy probably isn't thinking right now, well, we'll get rid of magic IP. But if these sets are all bangers, why wouldn't you do that? Like if you're making twice as much money selling Lord of the Rings than you do selling Ravnica with detective ads, why wouldn't you sell more Lord of the Rings and make less Ravnica with detective ads? Honestly, I don't, I don't see that ever happening. I, like they, I think, or, or maybe it's like wishful thinking. I, I don't know. I, I'd like to believe that they wouldn't replace magic IP entirely. Do I see them cutting maybe more original IP sets? Sure, I could see this starting off as, hey, we'll cut this, but they also need to remember that if they're going to be increasing the number of universes beyond sets, they are really burning through all, like, because like, they could, like, you know, spread out, like, 30 titles over a batch of years, but if now they're turning that, that like, dr like, like, whatever, drop rate up, oh, they are really <laughs> gonna be running out of IPs, then what? We actually will be getting, I don't know, like, like, Jiffy we'll Lube those, Secret Layers, yeah. or, or they'll have <laughs> those even, worse sitcoms. Than, <laughs> yeah, even worse than 80 sitcoms and, and Jiffy Lube, they might have to actually increase more of their original IPs, so, like, <laughs> 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 well it'll be interesting no, it'll be interesting go ahead you guys are too worried return to middle earth coming in 2025 i mean isn't there like prequels and sequels to that the hobbit or something i know yeah, Lord oh of the Rings God, fans please, are always no, they're so somehow their thousands of pages of books were not enough they had to had to have <laughs> even more but uh, i think fair. there's a lot more lord of the rings yeah the 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 hobbits it was like a a, 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 a 40 page book 
It was true. Oh. They just oh. somehow Hollywood turned that into three movies. So like like. <laughs> uh, all right, we gotta we gotta hit up a couple other topics. So one of the other things Watsy talked about was uh, aftermath. So you might remember aftermath, March of the Machines aftermath, the little mini pack thing that kind of flopped really hard because people didn't want to pay people full price for mini packs and they were really repetitive. Well, it turns out that Watsy, I think, really liked the idea of Aftermath because they were planning on doing Aftermath for Outlaws of Thunder Junction, which is the next standard set. But then everyone like freaked out about Aftermath. So they decided not to do it. But instead, they put the Aftermath cards into the actual set of Outlaws at Thunder Junction. More importantly, they announced Beyond Boosters. So Beyond Boosters are a product that's coming with the Assassin's Creed universes Beyond, which at a glance kind of looks like Aftermath packs to me. Am I, am I reading this wrong? So you get three foil uncommons, a foil lander scene card, a non-foil rare and mythic, a traditional foil, and a booster fun slot card, and then a token. So it's seven card packs. These packs, Richard, uh, they talked about specifically being designed for modern, where these are modern legal. So if you ever see Beyond Boosters attached to a product, that means these are the modern legal cards for that set. What do you make of this, Richard? What do you make of going back to small packs, but also more direct to modern? Is that good or bad as someone who plays a lot of modern to have, here's Assassin's Creed randomly, 100 card modern set, go. Uh, this is beyond terrible, I think. <laughs> like on Ooh. multiple levels. So as people enfranchised in Magic the Gathering, like, you know, we, we do as full-time jobs, we read all the news, we podcast every week. I have no idea what any of these products are. <laughs> Like, like, what is a set booster, a play booster, a beyond booster, a jumpstart pack, a, a clue edition? Who knows? Like, I, Wizards has taken this very simple concept of ripping packs, and they have somehow screwed it up. Like, I, I wish we went to the Pokemon or One Piece world. There is one booster. Everyone buys it. They rip it, and they're happy. Instead of this, like, oh, here's this, like, $80 booster. But should I buy this $20 booster? And this has four cards. This has 16 cards. This has a... 8 and 16 chance of being upgraded to a whatever slot. Like, this is just way too hard. Just just get the same booster so everyone can buy it. Everyone can put it on their wish list. For Christmas, I want Fallout Booster Box. Done, right? Like, instead of like, yeah. oh, get a set booster, but not a collector booster, but I got to update this because it's play boosters now, but make sure you don't get the modern legal booster because I only play standard mom. Please get this right. <laughs> like, it's... It's too hard. It, so just simplify it, it. One booster. One booster. It's pretty funny because I think Watsy knows this because part of the reason to make play boosters was to not have so many booster products. They put like uh, the draft boosters and the set boosters together to minimize because it was too confusing. And now they announced beyond boosters, which I guess are like only for special sets. It's not coming with any set, but it is funny that as they're trying to simplify, they also created another booster product. What do you think of this, Grim? Do you think this will do better than Aftermath did? Do you have any fear that the small pack size is going to lead to the aftermath issue or can they solve that somehow and make people happy buying half packs? Um, let's just go with this. How much are these going to cost? Right. That's, That's going to be a part of it. And then on top of that, what is in here? If you're telling me one of my, what is it? Eight cards, seven cards is, is like, I don't know, a random, random common. Like, that's, that's going to be garbage. That's, like, actually hot garbage. That common better be a common that was upshifted to a mythic at some point, I guess. Because <laughs> that, that's the main thing. Like, what comes inside these packs and how much they are? And I thought we did, a, like, the whole reason of play boosters. And I know this is a different kind of thing. It's not the same. It's not meant for drafting and all of that. 
but I thought the idea of play boosters would be so that there's one booster. There's that, and then there's collectors, yeah. right? That's very streamlined. I love that. That's easy to understand. But now there's this weird middle child booster that doesn't ex- I don't really understand what it's doing. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I I'd love to see how f- fresh off the heels of a piping hot mess that was aftermath that they would then go, uh, all right, well, <laughs> we're gonna do it again. Run it back. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> uh. Morbius was such a good movie, we're releasing a sequel. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I don't it's the salty I don't, run back where it's you lose. Run. It's terrible, but you just run it back. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, so I don't know. I think the price is the biggest thing. I think Aftermath, you can buy boxes now for around 50 bucks rather than 100 bucks. And people are kind of happy with that. Like, if the price took into account the smaller pack size, I think Aftermath would have done okay. It'll be very interesting to see how they price these Beyond Boosters. I don't have much hope that they're going to price them cheaply, considering it's a like it's another IP. It's a universe is beyond. They're paying someone to use their IP. It's hard for me to imagine they're going to be like, oh, these packs are half price and they're Assassin's Creed. So I'm a little worried that we're going to run into some of those same issues. I will say one thing I really like about this is more new cards going into modern. Uh, I've reached the the cat's out of the bag in modern at this point. Like there's so many busted cards in modern and so many powerful cards from Modern Horizons and Lord of the Rings at this point. We can't get them out of modern. We're never going to go back to my idyllic world of 2015 modern. So I think our best bet is just to power creep the last batch of busted cards with more busted cards. And then at least something's fresh and new. What uh, do you think is a modern player, Yu-Gi-Oh Richard? Are you... approach. <laughs> yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> approach. Are you excited about here's 100 cards made for modern entering the format from Assassin's Creed? Or are you like, oh, no, this is rotating the format. It's a bad thing. I mean, I've accepted that the format basically for sure rotates when modern horizons 3 comes out and soft rotates every new set because you never know when surveil lands are coming this is terrible for standard though like i haven't touched standard since markov manor released and i don't want to because modern is so fresh and a brewer's paradise or whatever like it's so different that i don't have time to brew two formats so i'll just play modern right whereas in older years like modern would be stale nothing would change and i would have to be playing standard so direct to modern just makes it the new standard for me right because i don't have the same hurdles as a new player i have the collection i have the the card knowledge so i might as well just play this format with more options and more archetypes and whatever that that's just as fresh as standard in my eyes so like (laughs) it's kind of just killing standard i think by doing this uh so i I don't know i'm fine with it but I, i don't see why wizards wants to do this they should just focus direct into commander and then uh you know whatever happens just goes through standard but but we're here so here we are yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out this is going to be a very exciting summer for modern because we got modern horizons 3 and our first beyond booster so uh, i'm kind of hyped for it it's going to be interesting to see Uh, let's move on though we have more to talk about but before we do a, a quick word from today's sponsor Today's show is brought to you by Shopify. We've been using Shopify for years to run our merch store, mtggoldfishmerch.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to our first real-life store stage, all the way to the data million order stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. 
selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. What's great about Shopify is it works no matter how big you are. From selling your first tokens to handling your huge ebb and flow playmat campaign, everything was a breeze due to Shopify. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify's a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow on Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash goldfish, all lowercase letters. Go to shopify.com slash goldfish now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash goldfish. All right, so moving on, uh, we had some drama in CDH. Imagine that, CDH and drama, who would have thunk? Uh, Krim, I know you brought this up and I've been talking about it with people on Twitter. What uh, what happened with CDH over the weekend? I guess. All right. I guess there's a tournament uh, for CDH. So prizes on the line and everything like that. And I guess uh, somebody had the chance or was told the table, hey, I'm not going to win on my turn. Then, oh, wait, I guess I'm just going to win on my turn. And so they did. It was that it was that simple. Uh, that's how I, I, I was, I read it. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, like it was kind of, uh, interesting, right? Like, so let's just see, I, I we in, in normal, normal magic, right? Like, let's just go one V one. I don't think I ever take into account whatever my opponent says entirely, right? Like I just say, okay, maybe there's some truth to it. But like, if my opponent said, Hey, if, if you cast a spell into my open mana, I won't like counterspell you or I won't board wipe next turn. And then they board wipe me. I'm probably not going to be actually that surprised or pissed about it. <laughs> but uh, I guess the, the, but that's, that's a little bit different. Cause I guess everybody will then bring up, but Krim CDH has a social element to it. Right. And that is where I love casual commander. I love, I, I even, I, I enjoy CDH. I have a CDH deck. I play it, uh, you know, my Talion deck, right? But even, especially like in, in CDH where you would go to get away from all the drama, uh, I guess there still is it. Uh, but I don't think that if it's competitive or if it's a social contract, I mean, if it's competitive, can you have any kind of social contract? Like, does it matter? I mean, I think you still can, right? There's still there's still norms and expectations. I think it's still I think it's still a social format. I don't think it's morally wrong in this case that the player lied. Like, well, let's get that right. I don't think it's against the rules, and I don't think it's like morally wrong. I wonder if it's actually worth it though. Like in this case, you lie, you end up winning the tournament or making it into the finals or whatever it ended up being. I think it was before the top eight or something, but you, you benefited in this tournament from it. How much does the reputation of being someone who maybe will lie in a game or is untrustworthy in a game? Does that matter, Richard? I think you play the most CDH out of any of us. Cause that was my first thought. It wasn't like, Oh, this is wrong. It was, is this even a good play? Like in the long term, do you come out ahead by playing this way? Or do you come out ahead by having the reputation of someone who doesn't do that? What, what do you think? I think this is a weird conversation. I, I'm, I'm with Krim in that in a competitive setting where everyone is trying to win and there's actual real consequences, 
you can't believe anyone like like it, it, like you you may have like faith in humanity or something right it's it's kind of like just dropping your wallet in the middle of New York and being like everyone I'm going to be back in an hour please don't take this this is my wallet and like maybe you come back and it's actually there but probably not right and like that's when there's stuff on the line you can't really expect this right this is CDH you're in an actual tournament if someone basically lies to you like that's what it is, right? Like you need to take that into account. It's it's kind of like playing prisoner's dilemma or something, right? Like you expect some people to lie, you expect some people not to lie. You probably should just ignore everyone and do what you think is optimal. This was a very strange conversation, and I I really think it's akin to rules lawyering. Like if you're playing casually with your friends, probably scumbag move. But if you're at the top eight of a pro tour, are you allowed to rules lawyer? Right? And then the argument for an actual competitive Pureness would be, yes, you should know all the rules and you should be using all of your outs to win. And if you don't know about this interaction, that's on you. You didn't do enough prep. You didn't understand all the rules. Kind of kind of like the Super Bowl where the other team didn't understand how overtime rules worked. <laughs> like, that's kind of your fault, right? Like, that's kind of your fault that you thought the game was ending and you're confused why they're running down the clock. Like, that's your fault. Uh, so in this case, it's weird because it's a tournament with money on the line. I think... You should, if you want to lie, you can lie, but everyone who is listening to the lies should not be listening to it, right? Like, like Krim said, if my opponent said, I have two blue up, I'm not counterspelling you. I'm not believing that for a second in modern, right? I'm like, maybe, maybe you have it, maybe you don't. Uh, and you, you've taken cycles out of my brain because I had to process your thoughts. So I actually think it's plus EV for you to keep spewing nonsense. This is what Krim does, by the way. You just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you have to spend like a couple seconds processing the nonsense you say and then you're like oh just ignore him but you're distracted right so as long as you can keep spewing out nonsense without distracting your own lines it's, it's plus ev right like you're just confusing the your other go, person Richard. for no reason your go. yeah your go your go right so i don't know i think it's fair game especially in a oh. tournament setting with money on the line I, I'm really curious. I, I would guess that the, even at the pro level, I bet the other pros would be unhappy with you. I, I'd be very curious to have some pros chime in because would that be accepted on that level? Do you just take it as like, hey, it's all fair and love and war. You know, it's a competitive thing. Or is there kind of a, a, a taboo or, a, you know, a norm against like just directly lying to your opponents? I, I would imagine that it, there still is like I not that it's wrong, but I think people would view it as scummy at least. Right. Or I would view it as scummy. Scummy would or you? not like oh. the, it, it's like tricking somebody to swing into your settle the wreckage <laughs> in a competitive environment. Right. Is it scummy? Is that scummy? No, that's I mean, did you lie to them? No, <laughs> is, there I mean, lying like, involved? is lying is lying a legal action? <laughs> I mean, apparently. I don't no, think that is not a rules. game violation. So it, it, it is not a game yeah. violation. So it is. But like, right. So do you? Like rules and lawyering like, is so fascinating to me. Where do you draw the line? So I, I posed this to Seth before the podcast. You're, you're in the top eight of a pro tour. Okay. Your, your opponent presents their deck. You pile shuffle it. Count it. It's 59 cards. What do you do? You call a judge, right? They, 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 yeah. they, you they, have to have 60. They, you have to have 60. Right, you 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 scumbag them. That's rules lawyering, right? Like that. That's, is that not fair game? Chalice no? checking. Chalice. I don't know. Not fair game. 
I don't know. I've I've talked to you guys before, though, and we've talked about proxies. And I think you've said, oh, like, if someone plays a fake card against me in a tournament, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, should you be should you be calling the judge over at every sus looking card to try to get your opponent like a game loss because they're playing a counterfeit or something like is that? Like, I just think it makes the game worse, right? Like, maybe it's, like, legal under the rules, but is Magic better if that's how we play every tournament? Is, like, just constantly calling judges and trying to get the other person DQ'd? Like, that doesn't sound like an experience <laughs> I'd want I'd to have every weekend. It may not be the experience how you want to play it, but there are people that would, right? Like, and they have done nothing wrong. I mean, yeah, like, maybe I won't call a judge on you for playing the very obvious printed-out Tarmogoyf, but, like, the you know, maybe the next person will because they don't care percentages. Right. And when you go to a tournament setting, I would like, I personally, even if it's not my play style or whatever, I'm not going to be cutthroat about things like that, but somebody else might, did they do anything wrong? Technically? I don't think so. I don't, I don't feel like they did. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> like it. Yeah. So we go back to the NFL, right? It's like challenging, right? There should be consequences. If you challenge your opponent, and you're wrong, you should have a consequence to that. Otherwise, it should be up to like the the LG, like the, the the tournament organizer to do those challenges. So like a random deck check or something is how you would catch counterfeits. But if you yeah. call someone for having a counterfeit and they do not, then you get the the reverse you get the game of loss. that, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, get you don't log the game down. Ooh. Ooh. Right? You okay. don't log the okay. game down for no reason. But it really should be okay. tournament organizers should be the ones doing the deck checks and, and searching for counterfeits and whatnot. But like, if you're about to lose the pro tour, you know, and your opponent has an obviously fake card and you know that will win the game, do you not call it? <laughs> like, if you're winning already, you're like, I don't want to take the, the asterisks, I don't want to take the flack, but I'm losing. And the difference is like 20K in prize money and a pro tour win on my resume. Do you not be like, yo... That hazard at the fervent looks sus. <laughs> Are you sure you bought it from this vendor? Oh, boy, that's tough. Is it worth the the reputation though? Do you is it worth the twenty grand? Is it worth being that guy for the next ten years? Like that's the I question. Mean, you, you're I'm essentially <laughs> thinking: Are they are they wiping their tears with the money they've just won? Like like, like <laughs> right? You like discreetly, you gotta call a judge to the side and whisper to them. Yeah, such that people don't know what you've done. And they the don't know. Will be like, Rat time for a random deck check, <laughs> right? And then you uh, get away with it scot free without people knowing that you it's instigated. There you it. go. Yeah, that that's I guess that's the way to do it. Uh, but to well, tie it back, like, is that not so? Is this not just like why you shouldn't throw prizes into some of this stuff, or like make a separate format for uh, like like CDH? I guess is a separate format, but like this is why. I think sanctioned events need to happen, right? Like these need to be sanctioned events. And there's and definitely also... challenges with tournament commander, right? Like just right. four players, politics, like all that stuff is very awkward in a tournament setting. So I think it does illuminate that issue that we've talked about before. I don't know what the solution is. You think it's just sanctioning Krim? Would that improve it? It'd be at least a step in the right direction, but then, yeah. I, then I like, the line, the line is totally within the rules, right? Yeah, this like is, this is a but, meta. This is a meta call, right? <laughs> exactly. So since lying is not in the rules, then it's just like boom, right there. Okay, well that you have it right there in print, if you would. If if like the judge comes over and says they have done nothing wrong, at the to, 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 like just completely wrap it up. They have done technically nothing illegal. 
And that's yeah. <laughs> what you need fine. is your mom to come judge you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you done something wrong, little privy? Have you done something about how you have made others feel today? Have you done something wrong? <laughs> no, not uh, my mom. <laughs> well, if you're watching this, I'm very curious what you think. Is is lying fair game in a competitive setting? I, I would love to hear what other people think in the comments, but we gotta move on because we have some spoilers to talk about. So first I I mean, we do have Fallout coming, and we'll get to that in a minute. There's a new secret layer coming out, though, uh, in L, uh, in honor of Sheldon Menery. So Sheldon, the godfather of Commander, passed away last year. There's a secret layer drop that uh, Sheldon actually helped design before he passed away. That there's going on sale. Half the proceeds are going to the American Cancer Society, which is uh, a great way to have some good come out of a hard situation. What do you guys think of this layer drop does it do sheldon justice and is it worth picking up uh so seven cards in the secret layer uh to fairy's protection ella el oh man how you edamame's vine ella ella damry's ella damry's vineyard uh bene supremo that's great or good i believe in italian uh ink shield uh, Ruhan of the Fomori Soul Ring Command Tower, and Ruhan is actually uh has the the out of universe Sheldon the Commander name for that. Those are the seven cards. No, no bonus card, uh, and available in rainbow foil and non foil. Fifty bucks is foil, there... forty bucks non foil. Forty bucks non foil, fifty bucks foil. I mean, from a value perspective, this seems like a really solid layer drop. Teferi's protections like 40 or 50 bucks now, depending on the printing. Eladrami's Vineyard is like five bucks. Ink Shield's like 20 bucks. So just that, I think, makes it worth the $40 price point. So I think you're getting fair value out of this and some pretty staple cards that you'll use, like especially Teferi's Protection, you'll use in uh, pretty much any white deck can play it. What do you think of this one, Krim? Uh, are, you, are you in for the Sheldon drop? Are you going to be picking it up? Yeah, I mean, I'll be picking it up, you know, like, it, it's nice to, like, like A, I, I love that, like, some of the proceeds is going to Sheldon, and on top of that, it's got some sh sweet Sheldon art, right? Like, so, why not? And it comes with some sweet cards. So, there's a little criticism on the internets, like, uh, there tends to be about everything, but the criticism was basically, someone stated that they felt like this was profiting off Sheldon's death or something, and it was improper, and they should be donating 100% of the proceeds to charity, otherwise, it's essentially, you know, uh, ghoulish in some way. What do you think of that? Is 50% of the proceeds, is that is that fair enough for a charity lair drop, or is there is there any argument that it needs to be 100%? I mean, people complain about everything. <laughs> I mean, it, it does cost wizards <laughs> time and money. Uh, they specifically stated 50% of the product price. So not 50% of the profit, but of the product mm. price. So I think that's fair. Like they had to spend time and money to do this, right? And they didn't have to do this. And the proceeds are going to the American Cancer Society. And Sheldon had a role in this. So this was clearly yeah. planned ahead of time. So I think it's fair. I don't like I don't know people just want to complain for you can't do anything good right because anything can be construed in a negative manner I think this is very fair and they price this well for players like they're not trying to gouge us or anything like it seems like an actual celebration and, and, and honoring of Sheldon's legacy so I don't know I think it's fine but I'm sure you can come up with some issue to or some problem with this if you really wanted 
Also, Jim hearing... from the Spike Feeders, uh, like who has has kind of made a comment on it as well. Um, but like he was pretty much mentioning that this was going to be released even if Sheldon hadn't passed because he had already worked on it. Like this was already being worked on. Yeah, hearing that Sheldon was a part of it, and I guess he like helped choose the cards, helped with the art, like other than apparently like the flavor text, he was involved in like the entire process of the layer drop. That made me pretty comfortable with it. Like if I didn't know that, maybe I'd feel differently. If Watsy was just like, "Hey, this popular person in our game passed away. Let's make a layer drop." Maybe that could come across weird, but knowing that Sheldon like helped design this, I think really makes it come across as a uh, something that's just there to honor him. So I I think it's perfectly fine and. I'm glad Watsy did it. I think that's a nice way to honor someone that had a huge impact on the game. So anyway, that's a layer drop that's going on sale. I want to say February 29th, maybe uh, February 26th. It's going on sale. Uh, we also have Fallout spoilers. Only a few cards. Tomorrow is the big kickoff, but we might as well talk about them. Richard, why don't you guide us through some spoilers? All right. Fallout previews. Uh, so universe is beyond. Obviously, uh, let's start off with Preston Garvey, Minuteman, two red, green, white, five mana value, four, four. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a green aura enchantment token named Settlement attached to up to one target land you control. Uh, it has enchanted, it has enchant land and uh, enchanted land has tap add one man of any color when Preston Garvey attacks, untap each enchanted permanent you control. Uh, something about settling lands in Fallout. Who knows yep. anything about Fallout? Seth, you played Fallout. Does this make any I sense? Have, I have <laughs> played Fallout. Yeah, there's a bunch of settlements in Fallout. You're kind of in the post-apocalyptic wasteland going from settlement to settlement. So flavor-wise, I don't remember this exact character. I didn't remember Fallout that well. But flavor-wise, I think it makes a lot of sense. The ability is kind of interesting. At first, I was disappointed and I was kind of hoping it'd be like a fertile ground effect. Something that made the land tap for more mana because all it really does is turn the land into like a, a city of brass, right? It, it doesn't make more mana. It just lasts the land tap for any color. But then I was thinking about it and it made me think this might be like the perfect Richard card, you know, like your maze of this and your glacial chasms and all these lands that don't actually make mana. This is a way you can play those lands and actually make mana with them, right? Kind of like an Urborg or something. And then you can double up the mana by attacking with your commander. I think there's like a cool way to build a deck around this in Commander, actually. So now I'm actually a little hyped about it. No, it, no glacial chasms. I mean, it's a Yamamaya Cradle of Growth plus a Sword of Feast and Famine where you don't need to attack. Now, granted, you can enchant like an artifact or something and it untaps it. So it's a little better than, than Feast and Famine. But it's like one of those effects. So whatever combo you have, like, for example, Aggravated Assault combo, like works with this commander. I don't know about this enchantment thing, though. I also like to play Farewell, and uh, <laughs> this kind of undoes your combo. Um, but I don't know. I when You can settle all your lands. I, I, should you settle other people's land, though? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think like you even can, right? It's a yeah. one land that you control, so I don't think you actually can settle an opponent's land. Should I be playing Civilization? Because I want to conquer other people's land, yeah, it not is, my own it lands. Is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you do that gameplay-wise, but flavor-wise, it would make sense that you could go after someone else's <laughs> land. What do you uh, What do you think of this one, Krim? I know it's not really your color combination, but well, what do you think of this in Commander? It's definitely very cool design. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting um in that sense i don't like that the commander costs five mana 
have have I just been am I just numb now to anything if if they're five plus mana they aren't just like winning the game on the spot like I, I guess like this is still pretty cool though I, I, I can't speak to it flavor wise because I don't know the games I played a little bit of New Vegas and that was about it and that was like a month or two ago and that's as much as I remember so I, I like as a card this seems interesting like it can definitely do some more of what green already does uh, so I, I'm curious to see how it plays out in, in action, but, you know, like, hey, happy that... It's also an enchantment each turn, maybe. Is this an yeah. enchantress commander? Is that the is that how you play it, like constellation stuff? So you're, like, just constantly generating an enchantment for free? Maybe that's the actual direction you go with this. As Tomer has shown us, you just make everything an enchantress deck, and it's way better. <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> All right, Agent Frank Horrigan... Seven mana Golgari, so five black green, eight six, legendary creature, mutant warrior, trample. It has indestructible as long as it attacked this turn. When it ETBs or attacks, proliferate twice. It's a lot of proliferating. <laughs> I'm worried for the power level of the set. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> a seven mana, so, eight six? <laughs> I mean, seven mana. Only indestructible it, when it attacks. Yeah. Right. Right. So only on offense is it indestructible. Although I guess you can like attack with it in post combat main phase wrath and it'll survive because it gets it for the rest of the turn as long as it attacked, right? As long as it attacks yes. this turn. I think this is like it's good, right? Is it not? Is it good? Is it, well, Kram, you play Super Friends. Yeah. Would you play this in a Super Friends stack? No. Like, oh, <laughs> proliferate. It's formatted like a Titan, right? So you can attack with it too, put the Greaves on it. Four proliferates in one turn. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's uh, gonna ultimate some planeswalkers. Hmm? No, I would no. rather just play Radstorm, right? Like if because then it's not attached to an eight, six, or seven. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this this one seems kind of weak. Probably better like like sounds like it'll be great for people that are fans of the franchises, but I mean, to me it just currently looks kind of weak. <laughs> Maybe Garth. I might play it in Garth. I think if I was like a Golgari Super Friends deck, I might play it. What about plus one, plus one counters? Like double proliferating is a strong effect, isn't it? Or not? It's just seven mana. You paid seven much. mana for it, though, right? You paid that a you lot have of to mana attack for this double proliferate. Or I well, ETBs. It ETBs. Yeah. So like Seth said, you could theoretically get four proliferates if you have Greaves on. So I could see it as a combo piece in Super Friends or something, but it's... It's like, I don't know, putting the chain veil in a fair deck. Like, it does nothing, right? Like, if you're going to super friends combo, then sure. But seven mana is a lot to double proliferate. I, I feel you could use seven mana to achieve that effect with a, with an easier card. Like, like I don't know. Like, just, just spend a couple more mana and play Rise of Dark Realms and call it a day. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a little difficult. Yeah, what I can't imagine you're playing counter? this as a commander either. Uh, what was that? What, was a, what is a rad counter? Because that, that does... Do, have we, do we know what that is yet in the set? A rad counter? What is yeah. it? What do you? Uh, what card is? Where this is that text? Yeah. Uh. Okay. So, example. I don't know if you remember the card Feral Ghoul, or saw like it's just uh whenever it dies, each opponent gets a number of rad counters equal to its power. Oh. oh so okay. I don't we think don't know. we know that yet. I wouldn't okay. be surprised. Could it be just poison? Could they just be reworking poison? <laughs> I mean, essentially, because it's radiation, right? And yeah, then, yeah, it's like radiation. Yeah. You're getting poison, so it would make the most sense if it was poison, and they just gave it a flavorful word for the set. But 
I don't think we've actually got confirmation on that yet. There's also an artifact token we haven't seen before, a junk token, which I, I don't think we know what a junk token is either. But those are also going to be in the set. Yeah, because like if it's just poison, then like, you know, like, well, I guess I'd still just play Radstorm, right? Because Radstorm just seems exactly what you would want in anything that cares about proliferation. Uh, and it's four mana. And for those so that don't know, storm. it's just three in blue, a yeah. storm, and proliferate. It's instant speed. That sounds like a crim card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you'd play. So, I don't know. In an in a infect deck or a poison deck, maybe Agent Frank is worth it. It's like, how expensive do you want your proliferates to be? <laughs> right? So, yeah. if you're willing to pay this much just for the proliferate kill, then I guess. But it's unexciting they, they should have made it a bigger body or something i don't know anything about fallout lore but eight six trample is is kind of sus uh and then it it needs to attack too so you need to greaves you need the combo piece it's, it's actually a lot of work for this two proliferates or four proliferates uh we have an equipment t45 power armor two mana equipment when it etbs you get two energy uh, good old energy. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus three, and doesn't untap. During its controller's untap step, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay one energy. If you do, untap equipped creature and put your choice of a menace, trample, or lifelink counter on it. Equip three. So the flavor on this card's kind of cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the new cards are going to be rare, but it doesn't feel very powerful. I think the flavor is kind of good. Like this armor, it was armor that was uh, in the set that was like powerful, but it was also like pretty clunky and like hard to move in. So I think that's the flavor they're trying to like get across in this card where the creature doesn't untap. As far as power level, though, this is just like stone unplayable, right? Like... May, if somehow you're an energy equipment deck, I guess I could see it, but I don't think that is a thing that exists at this point. Like, would you ever play this card, Richard? You play a lot of equipments. Is this better so, than so, I think? So, of of note, when you when you do the thingy, when you pay the energy, you you get the keyword counter onto the creature. So, if this artifact yeah. goes away or you move it, you you can keep it. Having said that. That's a lot of mana, <laughs> and you need energy, too. So you got to actually play some energy enablers. I am starting to question the power level of the set. Did Warhammer look this terrible? Like, so far, I've read these cards, and I'm like, whoa, this is looking rough. Like, even if I wanted to play this card, it's very difficult to make work. It should have been equipped for free or something, right? <laughs> like, I, I, or, I don't know, like... Yeah, maybe two or one even. Like, equip for three is a high number. Like, and you're only getting plus three, plus three. I guess, like, if you're an energy deck, you can... Oh, it's so much mana still, right? You can be getting one of those counters on a creature each turn, Menace Trample or Lifelink. But even in that case, you got to move it around, most likely. Three mana to move around is just so much. Like, I just play sword. In a, it's the same yeah. amount of mana, but, like, has actual things going on. <laughs> Instead of requiring you to have energy as well, in addition to doing all these things. Yeah, I feel like this card's actually pretty underpowered. I'm a little worried about, I mean, this is early spoilers. Though. Tomorrow's the big kickoff, so they're probably not showing us the most busted cards yet, but these three cards, not very not very exciting, power level-wise. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that suit of armor definitely does not feel great, but maybe it plays better with whatever deck it's in, because it clearly seems that that's going to be in some kind of proliferation deck. 
there's a there is an energy theme deck so an energy artifact theme deck so i'm imagining it's in there which it is better if you have a consistent source of energy like at least you're able to untap something each turn using yeah. energy which is nice you'll get there's like ether art. hub all of that as well and the proliferations will be nice i just i kind of wish this artifact gave like hex proof or mm. or something right because then this way you could at least protect it Speaking, speaking of protection, we have one more <laughs> okay. card that I got to bring up because this card, Al oh my Almost God. perfect. It turns out the armor in Fallout is not very good, okay? So this is a six mana <laughs> Celestia enchantment. It's a suit of armor, okay? It, it looks like, <laughs> this one's for you, Krim. It looks like full, full Metal Alchemist here. Enchantment aura. <laughs> Enchant creature. Enchanted creature has base power and toughness 910 and has indestructible. <laughs> that's I love the flavor of that. If that's it, if it's what I think it is, right? It is a nine out of ten, right? Which is a almost perfect a ten out of <laughs> ten score. That's actually yeah, and that's what your armor was called. So if you when you got your armor up to nine out of ten, it was almost perfect. Is what the game called it. So the flavor like kind of is really good again. But this card's horrible, right? Like indestructible don't mean a thing in twenty twenty four. We're living in Sunfall Farewell World and. Would you even play this in an aura deck? It's six mana. It's six mana. Like, I don't know. Maybe you can one shot with your commander or something. Would this ever show up in a commander deck, Richard? Yeah, you I'm one just saying. In but fact. you can also just scale up two for one mana. In fact, there you go. <laughs> in, in fact, I, I think that there has to be maybe these rad counters. Because again, you had mentioned rad counters would make sense as poison. Yep. Now, if you have infects in this deck, <laughs> a lot of people are okay. going to be upset there's infects. <laughs> but now they are pretty much dead <laughs> you really need hexproof here this is where i would yeah say. yeah but then it's like annoying like you don't want to make boggles good but like this is like you still get swords like only the most popular removal in the format yep. right? you Pass. still get got by any sweeper and you can always remove the armor like let's say you have generous gift you just kill the almost perfect right you don't need to kill the creature yeah. you kill the almost perfect and then you 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 uh ambush block whatever is attacking <laughs> or whatever right so i'm worried seth i'm worried seth are, are these cards gonna be there's playable? a lot of time left these cards I, would be good i mean i don't think these cards that we just talked yeah, about yeah. are especially powerful but but it's I'm, almost I'm perfect <laughs> but not quite it's missing that one it's one of, one of the highest power there's only one card above it that's the perfect <laughs> card this is the almost perfect card of the set guys <laughs> if it if it had that one extra one out of ten it would protect against generous gift almost so close i i feel like the set is going to go up from here i still have a lot of faith with wizards designing these like secret layer commander decks Although, I guess Doctor Who, like, Doctor Who, though, so I didn't like Doctor Who, but that wasn't because I thought the cards were bad, I just didn't like the IP that much, but they have a pretty good track record with these, so at this point, like, day .5 of spoiler season, not even full spoiler season yet, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. I think we'll see some better cards in the future, but it is true that these cards are not really jumping off the page with their power. Dogmeat Everloyal was awesome. Uh, and and that was revealed a while back. It's just, and I'm excited to play that. I mean, we'll see. So tomorrow at one Eastern time, I believe, is the kickoff spoiler stream. Where we're gonna see a ton of cards, and then they're spoiling stuff a decade for the rest of the week. So we will have the full answer on Fallout soon. But for now, 
eh, good flavor stuff, but power level, we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, I think that brings us to the end of our cast for today. No fish mail, but Richard, we might get to it next week. So where should people send in their fish mail questions? All right. Send your questions to at MG Goldfish with the hashtag MG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 472 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So Richard Krem, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be back next week to talk about Fallout and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have an amazing week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. Bye.